Hey, what's going on? Mike Tyson called our next guest the best female boxer ever. That's a that's a pretty good uh, accolade to have there. I guess if you win two Olympic gold medals, you're probably at the top of the food chain regardless. Also, she's a PFL standout. Clarissa Shields joins us. You got into boxing because you know your dad got out of prison at nine. He was a, he was into boxing. That really inspired your journey. Is your dad still around for like your MMA career in boxing? Is Bo still helping you at all or encouraging you? My dad's still around. Yeah, he comes to all my boxing matches and the MMA fights. Does that make you more nervous or more comfortable having your dad there? I don't, I'm not nervous about nothing. Doesn't doesn't make you nervous at all. You win a gold medal at 17. You got to think that like that's a pretty big stage to be on. Yeah, and he was there when I won my second Olympic gold medal when I was 21. So, um, I just I really wanted to box so my dad can live some of his life through me because I've been in prison for so many years, and he was older when he got out, and I decided to box. I wanted to make him happy. I didn't know that boxing was really something that I would um, enjoy so much. So you watched um, Game Changers, and that was one of the reasons that you went. Were you strictly vegan, or are you still vegan now? I was vegan for nine months, and now I only eat fish, you fish just, and vegetables and stuff now. It's funny because I watched. Caring. Okay, did, do you know? Did you notice a difference, uh, like in your performance? Because that was I. I watched Game Changers, and I watched that other one. What the hell? That was on Netflix, and I went vegan for a while, and then I went back to eating meat because it was just so hard. I got fat and bloated. But like, did you notice yeah. a difference in your performance when you were vegan versus not? Um, I just know that I was. I mean, I felt less bloated all the time, and I had more energy, and that was really one of the reasons why I changed in my eating because, I mean you know, being in my family and being, you know, being a woman at 190 or 200 pounds is not a bad thing, you know, because we wear it well, you know, but, you know, for me to be a boxer, to be getting up to 190 pounds and fighting at 154, fighting at 160 and 168, getting up to 190 was just, you know, too much. And then um, I was sleeping a lot. I would eat, then I would sleep. And I really didn't have any energy except for when I was in training camp, which I would lower lower my portions of eating but once I stopped eating uh, meat period I just had so much more energy and uh, didn't need to take naps throughout the day and my weight just stayed lower just throughout just throughout the year speaking of weight and weight cutting are you when you're in the Olympics obviously as you know you got to make weight every day for those boxing matches versus just that one time shot when you have like a title fight was that more challenging or were you just on weight the whole time I was always on weight for the first Olympics, I didn't weigh 165, but I fought at 165. I was walking around at 158, my highest, when I was 17. Uh, 21, I think it was one fight where I was maybe a pound over the night before the weigh-in. I was 169. No, 161, because it was 160. No, sorry. 166, because the weight class is 165. So I never really had problems with my weight. Um, in the amateurs, I was always, I fought 165 my entire amateur career and I never had a problem with making weight. Did you, uh, what's the most, did you typically walk around pretty close to your fight weight? Cause I know in MMA guys are cutting, sometimes they are cutting like 18, 19 pounds, which is insane. 30 to 40, them guys are crazy. Ugh. Um, I just don't let my body get no bigger than 175 right now. Um, I, I wanted to next year I have a goal to not get over 165 but that's a process because my body naturally wants to be at 175 all the time 
Yeah, you're you got a lot of muscle. It's hard to like trim off muscle without you know you, you lose a lot of that. It really is. It's hard to trim off muscle, and then it's hard to even feel good when you get rid of it. So just trying to figure that balance out. Right? Yeah. Are you trimming weight for boxing or for MMA? Um, both. Cause I fight in MMA. I fight at one fifty five. In boxing, I fight at one sixty. So my body doesn't get any bigger than one seventy five. So I either have to cut fifteen or cut twenty. So what made you decide to take this boxing career and make a, a left turn and get into the MMA space? Um, well, boxing, I had accomplished a whole lot already. And you, and you know, you just kind of think that with boxing, you know, you win your first world title and that's the go. Then you're like, you know, I want to be a unified champ and I want to be undisputed champ. And I want to be, and I want to be champ in two weight classes, three weight classes. And you think that when you accomplish those things, like, oh, the checks will get bigger, the exposure will get bigger, you get more money. And it's just not like that in boxing. It's like a woman fighter can accomplish everything. Like, I'm a 12-time world champion. I just made the, I don't even know, I said it where it's a Guinness world's record. And I'm in there for being the only two-time undisputed champion in boxing in the four-belt era. I, I just made that, but it doesn't mean that my purse go up or that I get more money or I get more recognition. So I'm only 26. So when I added MMA, it was to get more exposure and to show those girls that boxing reigns supreme, basically. And um, I've been doing pretty good in MMA. It just have to get past that learning curve of the ground stuff. When you, when you watch MMA, if you have, <laughs> you know, being a two-time Olympian, what do you see the girls boxing and go, Oh, their hands. Do you, do you think that they have good hands for MMA or do you feel like there's just a huge gap you can exploit there? Um, when I watch MMA, I don't really see girls that have great, um, great hands like myself, but these girls are great at other things, which, which still makes them dangerous and makes them be able to win fights. Mm -hmm. So I didn't come because I wanted to exploit them on the feet. It's like, I really wanted to learn MMA and fight and win, but also show that me having a large, well, me having such a high background in boxing that I like, I get to skip over actually having an amateur MMA career. Like I just turned pro in MMA and I fought two times with only nine months of practice and, and now we're here. But, um, I am learning the rest of the stuff and you can still be great at boxing, but still losing MMA. So you still have to add the other stuff. And that's why um, people see so much, so much potential in me because of course I have the great boxing, but I have taken the right road to learn jujitsu and learn the wrestling and, um, and learn the kickboxing and all the different stuff that come with MMA. You got to, I still have stuff to learn though, but at least I'm taking the route to learn it to where I can, you know, compete against these girls who are, who are great at MMA and give them a good fight, you know, give them some trouble. What do you think the biggest difference is in terms of boxing for boxing sake and boxing in an MMA cage? Do you have to alter kind of anything from footwork or hand positioning or any of the combos or things like that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely two different fights. You know, in boxing, you're looking at this hand and that hand. But in MMA, you're looking at, you know, the hands, the feet, the knees. Um, you're looking not just for punches, but for takedowns. You're looking for kicks. And 
you have to be able to be offensively and defensively minded and everything. And then everything I just said was standing up. But when you get to, when you go on the ground, it's a whole different game down there. And that's where your jujitsu and your wrestling comes into play. And um, it can take some time to get the wrestling down pat, you know, where you can see the people coming for the takedowns and then also just the clinch work and stuff on a on the cage or on the ground and just how not to get submitted on the ground, you know, um, with jujitsu, you know what I'm saying? You got to know how to fight down there and protect yourself and be able to get up. So I've been pretty good at getting up. Right. But it's still, um, it's still so much stuff to learn. Yeah. Do you feel like not having had any amateur <coughs> fights hinders you going into the the professional bouts? I mean, you're at Greg Jackson, so obviously you're training with top tier people over there. But do you feel like you wish you would have had the opportunity to cut your teeth a little more? Or do you feel confident walking into a pro uh, in the professional stage? I I feel confident walking into every one of my my MMA fights. You know, regardless of the girls' um, background or you know how good or bad they were. Actually, like they've opened pretty good, but I just take it as it's like a fight, you know. So I don't really go in there like, oh, this girl has a background of this or that. It's like, can this girl out? Can this girl outfight me? And I didn't feel like like I got outfought my last fight. I got, um, if anything, I feel like maybe I, maybe I got out clinched. But as far as in the strikes and everything, I, I landed more and I controlled the fight more than she did. But um, I think the takedown in the last round with the ground and pound, like like they didn't see that she threw 15 punches and only hit me with two. They just seen her just throwing throwing punches on the ground. Yeah. But I wasn't getting I wasn't getting hit. Was, but did that fight stop in the first or second round? That's the PFL bout you're talking about, right? Yeah. But what about it? Was that uh first or second round that that um that did that fight get? I don't remember how it how it ended up. Uh, was it go to did it go to a decision or did you get submitted for that fight? I don't recall off the top of my head. I've never got submitted. Yeah, that okay. fight went the whole rounds. It was a split decision. Yeah, that's lost. What did Greg Jackson's? Um, Greg Greg actually wasn't at the fight though, right? Was it was um, Greg was there and Coach Wink was there. I didn't see I didn't see Greg. I saw Wingle. What what advice did they give you between rounds? For that fight, um. I don't. I don't even recall right now. I would have to really think hard on it. Between what? the, just don't let her grab me against the cage. Um, I was doing great with the punches and kicks, and uh, we were we were confident that we won the first two rounds. That's for sure, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, just the third round, I just remember Coach. I think it's Coach Jackson saying like. Don't let her get the takedown. Don't let her go for the takedown this round. She's going to do it. Like, make sure she don't, like, you know, pay attention to that. And that's the only thing I kind of remember. Mm. When, um, how did you end up at Greg Jackson's? Did you look at a few different gyms or was that just through, like, a friend that kind of put you over there? Well, um, I talked to Johnny Bones a few years prior, you know, to signing with PFL. And uh, he said, you know, we were at the SBC together and he was like, yo, you – if there was any boxer to come to MMA, like you would be perfect. And, and back then I was like, yeah, right. I'm never doing MMA, but thanks. And he just was like, um, if you ever do, you know, if you change your mind, you want to come to MMA, he was like, come to Jackson Week. And so that kind of was in my mind once um, once I signed the contract for the PFL. And a lot of people reached out to me. 
a lot of different uh, gyms and things of that nature. But it was like, I want to go where the best is. And the best to me is Johnny Bones, right? So um, that's where I went. So what was it that changed your mind from, there's no way I want to do MMA to, okay, let me get into uh, the PFL? I wanted to challenge myself. That was it. It wasn't, um, I mean, everybody say, you know, oh, you know, I have too much to lose, right? And I'm the boxer in boxing, you know, like, why would you want to risk that? Like, the girls aren't going to come over there to boxing. Like, there is no girl in, in MMA who's challenging me in boxing, right? But it's like, for me, um, I just wanted to test myself, and I knew that I could learn it. And um, and the goal doesn't change. I'm, I'm still going to be a PFL world champ in 2023. And that's just what the goal is set for right now. So when you decided to get into MMA, how did you land in PFL versus like the UFC, Bellator, or one championship? Um, UFC didn't have my weight class. Or, you know, UFC, they could have made a weight class, but it was like, no. I just think that going to the UFC, you need like years and years and years. And then with Bellator, it still was just that one, just that one forty-five. Like I can make one forty-five, but it'd be a challenge. And then too, like who was I gonna fight? You know. And then like me and Chris Cyborg are like cool as hell. So it was like, mm, don't don't know about there. But just I like the whole <coughs> system with the PFL, how it gets everybody a chance to make a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, and they were and they also offered me like. Um, years where I can have me showcase fights to where I can fight girls at my level. Like once you get up in the tournament, of course, you know, you got to fight whoever is there. But it was like, right now it was like, I'm going to fight girls who are at my level. They're all going to have more experience than me, but I'll still have a chance to like learn and get better and, you know, um, to grow in the sport and not just jump and fight Kayla Harrison. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, that's how it really came about with the PFL. And then I got on the phone with um, Peter, um, with Peter Murray and um, John and just talking to them. It seemed like they definitely understood why I was coming in MMA. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm coming to fight your baddest girl and put me in there right away. It was like, I really want to learn MMA. I want to be given a chance to be start from the bottom and work my way up to the top. And um yeah, and we can work as a partnership. And that's kind of uh, how it happened. Where do you think the ceiling financially is higher for you? In the MMA space or in the boxing world? Because you've accomplished so much already in the boxing space. But, like, women don't get paid. It's atrocious how much less you guys get paid than, like, the, the guys. Than the men, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Do you think that there's more money to be made in the MMA space or the boxing space for you? Well, I just signed a seven-figure deal, you know, with Sky Sports and Boxers. So. That was great for me. That's the first time that I've ever heard of a seven-figure deal for, for a woman in boxing. So that was good. I know right now I'm not getting paid more in MMA, but I think that um to be given a chance to make a million dollars in only three years of fighting for the PFL, I think that's a big jump. And I've been boxing since I was 11 years old. But now I turned pro when I was, what, 21? So to be pro five years and accomplish all that I've accomplished and 12 time world champ to, I think me becoming PFL world champion in MMA, 
it's going to open up so many more doors to where I'm going to make more than just seven figures, you know, eight, nine figures. You know, speaking of seven figures and other females in the boxing space, you know, Layla Ali isn't someone who's really ever given you, in my opinion, due credit for the accomplishments that you've had in the space. And she's kind of looked down on those yeah. a little bit. And she's talked about, I'd come out of retirement to fight, you know, I'd fight Clarissa. And there was even talk about a $5 million purse. Do you think that fight's ever going to happen? Or is she just kind of like trying to take some of the sheen off of you? Um, it may be her wanting to take some of the shine away from me. You know, I don't think that, I don't think, how can I put it? Because I think about this all the time because I was friend, we, we were cool at first, you know, and I looked up to her at first as far as like a role model, not, not as a boxer, but like a role model. And then somewhere <clears throat> in between the lines, Something got crossed. I I don't know what it was, but I became world champion at 168. And then I really never um, heard from her again. I think it was somebody comparing us or something like that. Uh, maybe somebody on Showtime staff or something. But um, after that, we really didn't, didn't have a, a friendship like that. And I don't really know what, I don't know if I said something first, if she said something first. I don't know, but. I don't really need props from her to solidify how great I am and everything that I've accomplished. You know, I think, I think that when you're known as the, the goat's daughter and there's another female fighter that comes up and she calls herself the greatest woman of all time. I think that she probably thought it was like a stab at her or something like that when it wasn't, it was just me knowing what I am and expressing what I am and just kind of laying it down because that's just what it was. So obviously Layla Ali accomplished a lot in the boxing world, but I mean, you have to give her half of the credit she gets in terms of publicity is because, I mean, Muhammad Ali, best boxer of all times, him, Mayweather Tyson, um, you know, the name value that goes along with that. I think she's what, 42 years old now. It's, I don't think she's coming out of retirement, but if she was in a prime 25 year old Clarissa Shield versus a prime 25 year old Layla Ali, how do you think that fight goes? Mm, Layla's a little bit bigger than me, even though we fought at one, she fought at 168 and I fought at 168. She's a little bit bigger, but I think um, maybe the first couple rounds would be competitive because of how bigger, how much bigger she is and how skilled I am. But I think uh, maybe we would have won all 10, but I definitely would have won by unanimous decision, though. I think, um, you know, when it comes to fighting those bigger girls, like, like they're hard to, to knock out you know, because they come from such bigger weight classes. Like, if you fight at 168, sometimes you get big as 200 pounds. I don't get big as 200, so. And the thing is, I, I don't think that Layla is a bad fighter. She just, to me, she didn't have better skills than me. But um, for her era, you know, she reigned her era. She was 24-0, 21 knockouts. And I give her that respect, you know what I'm saying? Like, saying, like, she was great for back then. But I don't think she could have beat me or Franchon Cruz or um, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, any of those girls. Out of all the accolades that you get to hang on your wall, I think one of the coolest ones outside of the Olympic gold medals is when Mike Tyson said you're the best female boxer of our generation. That's got to feel awesome hearing Iron Mike call you <laughs> such a stud, right? Like, come on. 
Yeah, that was that was nice here. It was nice to watch my fights with him and him actually to watch my fights and him to kind of, you know, look at the TV and then glance back at me and kind of amazement because he just was like, I don't know if he ever watched any of my fights before, before I came on a, up on a high boxing podcast. I think it was great to be able to sit there together and to watch it and him say, wow, you know, you got some skills and you got some power. And then I think it was one combination I threw, I think it was two jazz in the right hand. He said, well, you throw the right hand, you got to come back with the hook. And my next combination was right hand and hook. And he just was like, you're thinking and I can see you thinking, I see you punching. This is, this is nice. And then um, to just hear him go like, yeah, you're the best woman fighter that I've, that I've ever seen. And I was like, <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. Did, did yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually felt great. And it was just one of those things where it was like, look, Mike Tyson had skill, power, and I mean, he was scary as shit to people. So for him to even watch film me and to be like, yeah. And you know that it was real because after we got done with the high boxing podcast, I stayed there over an hour. Um, we were still talking. Um, he called his daughter. He wanted his daughter to come meet me. She plays tennis. He's like, my daughter needs a role model like you. So that there is not something that is said um, when you want to introduce somebody to your kids and, you know, have your kids watch you box and stuff like that. Like, that's not something you you do if it's not genuine and you don't mean it. So it was great to experience. That did you and Mike sure. uh, ever train together at all? Or did he ever hold pads or did you guys shadow box and play a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a video, a video of him showing me this punch. And um, I'm, I'm planning to use it January 29th when I fight on Sky Sports Boxer. January 29th on FIT TV. So yeah, Mike was I just, plan on using it. Mike was such a savage working the body. I mean, he was just so terrifying to, to fight against. That's the only thing he said. He was like, you're a headhunter. You're mean. You're mean. You're a headhunter. I was like, I know, but I'm, I'm trying to program my mind to where it's like body, body. Like Amanda Serrano goes out there and she just, she loved the body. It's like me. It's like, I, I'm, I'm okay with body shots, but it's like to see somebody head go back like this is like, yes, yeah. it's, it's a different feeling for me than hitting somebody it's, in a stomach. It's satisfying to drop him with a body shot, but it's always, <laughs> it's, it's highlight reel to drop him with a head shot. So yeah, it's definitely fun. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, you know, you talked about having a stronger mindset when you did an interview where you said you prayed to God when you were 13 to make your mind stronger. And you also said that boxing helped you cre uh, control your anger. Tell me about how those two things kind of related you into combat sports. Well, something that I had learned early on because I was in gym for the boys is that an angry fighter never gets their leg back. You know, it was like guys at the gym, it was times where um, they were better. But after me staying so consistent for a few years, I was the best boxer in the gym. And so guys have points to prove. They bring their girlfriends to the gym, their mom to the gym, their sisters. And how dare they get beat up by a girl, right? So um, I learned to be the smartest fighter in the gym, along with my ferociousness, like with my power and my skill. But um, my anger hindered me at the beginning because I was already angry from my childhood. And then coming into, you know, boxing, and then I felt like I took sparring so personal where it was like they beat me in sparring. I would think about it for weeks or, you know, until I got them back. So it was like, um, I learned that one, 
one punch doesn't mean you go crazy and try to get it back. It's like you stay calm and then you set it up. But um, anger doesn't, you got to be able to control your anger and make it do what you want it to do. So that's kind of how I use both. So I, I would say, I always hate seeing boxes who are kind of like laid back and soft. Like you ever watch a fight and, those, and, and then a guy hit each other hard one of them hit the other one hard and then he shake his head and give him some depth in my mind they'd be like what the what are you doing yeah that's the softest shit you could do you don't get that man respect for hitting you that hard right it's like me whenever i get hit hard i never let them know i never shake shake their hand or none of that stuff during the fight it's more like i just wait to get my i just set my shot up to where i can get that shot back but it's like these guys who hit each other hard and they tap into the glove after like yeah good shot that's stupid so my anger don't allow me to do that <laughs> my anger goes somewhere else yeah that's funny when you um when you're sparring and getting ready for your matches uh, just in a boxing sense i'm going to assume that you have to spar with a lot of guys because there's just not a lot of girls that are at your level or your size when you spar with guys do you run into um situations where guys feel like or maybe now because they know just how much of a badass you are. They're not like, Oh, I'm going to take it easy. But I think that there's kind of like that dichotomy, right? Some guys are like, well, you're a girl. How hard do we go? How much do we turn tune this up? Did you ever run into that? And then like, you have to tell them, yo, you got to bring this, bring this pace up a little bit or a guy's head hunting for you. Um, I don't really, I don't, I don't spark guys who think that they got to take it easy on me. Like I let them know, like it's a sport, you know, thank you for coming. Like I spar against people like Andre Durrell. You know, Anthony Durrell. Um, I sparred against Shakur Stevenson. I sparred against Earl Earl Spence. And, and any of those guys can tell you that I can punch, you know. And so I can kind of notice when I'm sparring a guy, but a guy is trying to take it easy on me. And it's a trick to that that I have. I'll let them, once I notice it, if they're taking it easy on me for, let, let's say, round two, I go out there round three, soon as the bell ring and I run out there and I light their ass that I'm talking about, I punch them so fast and so hard and just go crazy to where it's like, they're like, all right, we got to do something. Like we got to do something. This. So when they get to throwing punches back, I just be on my defense and I lay in my shots and then they get serious. So when they get serious and then they start like being sharp with the jab and right hand combinations, I just stay sharp with them. Like at first I go out there and I just attack them like a raging bull. And then once they get on their P's and Q's and they're like, you know what? We got to do something. That's when I start boxing with my IQ and my speed and my power. And um, we have a great sparring session. And when we get done, every mill I've sparred always have so much respect for me. It's a video on YouTube. <coughs> I sparred this guy at Fifth Street Gym. And... He didn't even warm up to spar me. I don't know what he thought, but at the end of our four rounds, he knew that he would never do that again if I was to walk in the gym, that he would warm up and um, he would take me serious. And I whooped his ass and I really did. And, you know, he just was like looking at everybody in the gym and they were, and they were like, who is that? And then when everybody like, oh, she won the Olympics twice and everything, like he gave me so much respect. And, uh, you know, wanted pictures and stuff after. But but ever since then, like, there's no guy when I go into any gym who'd be like, oh, you know, we want to spar with, you know, Clarissa. It'd be like, look, 
if you're going to get in there and work with me, take it serious because I'm I'm getting ready for a fight. I'm testing my win. I'm testing my power. I'm testing my stamina. I'm testing everything. And I can't be in here testing, you know, stuff for a world for a world title fight. If y'all going to be in here, t- you know, tapping on me and acting like you guys are going to, you know, break me, break me. Like I'm a big, strong girl. So mm-hmm. I've been I've been hit by guys. And just as you know, I've only been dropped once in sparring, but I can't get playing because I've dropped guys a lot in sparring with body shots, head shots. So to be boxing for 15 years and only been dropped one time, I guess I, I really can't complain because I've dropped a lot of guys. <laughs> when, so. you, when, you, um, when you fought for the, the gold in 2012 and 2016, going into those Olympics, which one were you more nervous for? I mean, and honestly, you didn't seem nervous for either one. <laughs> but like, which was there was there more I, I pressure was, going in as the champ already as a gold medalist? No, no, I was more nervous when I was seventeen. You know, I didn't realize how crazy the boxing fans were, especially in the UK. You know, I really didn't understand it. But the first fight, I walked out there against the tallest girl in the tournament, uh, Emma Larell from Sweden. And I had just lost, you know, three months before against Savannah Marshall. So getting ready for the Olympics, it was like people thought that the like the antidote to beat me was to match me against tall fighters. That's what they thought. So I get matched against Anna Laurel and walk into the ring. I told myself that I'm going to embrace it and look around and just embrace the crowd. And I went out there and got spooked. I went out there. I embraced the crowd. I looked around. And then there was this guy right there by the tunnel. He was like, USA, Clarissa Shields, we fucking love you. And I just got scared and was like, oh, no. I put my head down to the ground. I just started moving my arms. And then I got ready for the fight. So um, the next fight after that, when I walked out to the ring, I didn't look at the crowd. Or nothing. Just kind of like zoned in. And I know that you listen, yeah. to, you listen to rap music and everyone's got their thing that they listen to before their fights. It pumps them up. But you're walking out for your gold medal match and you're singing A Brighter Day by Kurt Franklin and wrote out to the out to the ring. It's kind of a, that's a, it's, it's a little bit of a different like tone versus like, you know, some of the more hardcore gangster rap that like I like to listen to or stuff that pumps people up. How come that song? I like gospel music. It really just kind of makes me feel good. And um, I don't know, just let me know that even though, like they say, when you go out there, it's mano y mano, but it's really like, I always have God by my side. I'm never, I'm never alone. I'm never by myself. So even if something is too big for me to handle, I feel like God can still find a way to put something in me for me to win, you know? So that's kind of why I listen to gospel and knowing that, you know, God has blessed me with all my attributes, you know, to be able to go out there and be on these big stages and win. I've never, like, I've, like, I've walked through some bad times, like food poisoning. I've, I've been sick and I've been able to win tournaments and it's the craziest thing ever. And I feel like um, that's just God, like putting power inside of me and having the angels look over me to where I can win my fight. So that's why I don't go in there afraid or nervous or nothing like that i know i'm not by myself they mean they may be by themselves i feel like they gotta fight me but it's always me and god versus whoever if you had to build a computer game and you were a character in the game and you have to figure out what separates 
the the good boxers from the elite boxers. What are some of those dynamics that Clarissa Shields has? Was it the energy, strength, stamina, fortitude? What makes you um, such a standout in the boxing world? I think I'm a standout because when I got the most heart, like you talk about people say, oh, heart, you know, people got too much heart, whatever. You can never have too much heart. It's like heart means that you never count yourself out the fight. No matter what the score is, no matter what you've been hit with, how you've been hit, it's like you always have that chance of throwing out one punch and being back in the fight. So that's heart. Never, never losing that, never being scared of nobody. I think I have a lot of just self-belief, you know, just in myself and what I'm capable of. Um, Rapid hand speed. I have great power. And just the IQ to be able to box so many different ways. Like I haven't boxed enough in the professionals to show all the ways that I can box yet. You know, I haven't been given the opportunity. Like I thought I would fight four or five times a year turning pro, but I guess when you're a world champion, you don't fight that much. I don't know, but I would like to do that because I can fight so many different ways, but being able to go out there and, Box like Muhammad Ali to brawl like you Mike Tyson to float like you Sugar Ray Leonard. Like I can do all that stuff. I just haven't fought enough to 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 show those different things. But I have so many different ways that I could box and to win fights. And that's where my IQ comes in that. Like, look, a girl may be able to say, Oh, I'm about to go out there and I'm about to out out brawl. She's gonna come forward with, you know, come forward with all kind of punches. But I can box her and turn her and just jab her head off. And then I can start laying the, laying the punches on her once I calm her down and tire her out. But um, just being able, just knowing that I could box all those different ways, it kind of is like, it's not no way for no girl to, to beat me because whatever her game plan is, I can do what she doing and I can do it better. And then I can do other stuff that she can't do. Do you think there's going to be a point in your career where you, because right now you're you're kind of carrying two bags. You're boxing, you're getting <coughs> boxing matches, you're also building an MMA career. Do you think there's going to be a point where um, instead of bifurcating these two roads, you just put a, a stop to boxing and you just go down the MMA path? Or do you think maybe at some point you'd stop MMA and just do boxing? What's your what's your focal point going to be in five years? Um, I know 20, what's the, we got? 2020, 2021 was focused on MMA. 2022, um, I have two boxing matches, but I'm going to actually put a pause on on boxing middle of next year and focus on MMA all the way from 2022 to the end of 2023. And after that, I'll just probably just box. What do you find is the most... Um most tiring aspect with you look at two minute rounds for female boxing, five minute rounds for MMA at the end of 15 minutes of boxing or end of 15 minutes of MMA. Do you feel like you've, uh, you're just more out of shape or more sucking wind, or do you feel like it's pretty much the same across both spectrums? I'm about to say neither. I, that's something that I pride myself on. It's like, I'm always in shape. Rather I have to be in shape for a five minute round or be in shape for a, a two minute round. You know, boxing is two minutes for, you know, 10 rounds. That's 20 minutes. And then MMA right now is three minutes and five rounds, 15 minutes. So um, it's five minute rounds, three for three rounds. But I don't be tired doing neither, neither one of them. 
I don't I don't be tired, but the wrestling aspect of MMA is hard. Is hard, you know, when you have to wrestle the can like like wrestle the whole time and all that stuff. It's hard because I have to do it at Jackson Wink, and it's fun, but it's hard. Yeah. So I rather box than wrestle any day. Sure, yeah, it's 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 that's what like you, know, <laughs> you kind of have the in some levels you're you're similar to. Um, uh, uh, ben Askren, because like everyone knew Ben Askren was of amazing star in this kind of one pillar of wrestling, and nobody was really worried about his boxing or his jujitsu, kind of. Um, and everyone obviously knows, like, look, if you're fighting Clarissa Shields, it's not a secret. They want to take you down. Nobody's stupid enough to, try to stand <laughs> yeah. with you, right? So when you're at Greg yeah. Jackson's, um, tell me about how does your training break up? Because if you were training with like American top team or some of the guys, you'd be like, look, we're only going to work on wrestling 80% and then 20% of the jujitsu is just how to get back up. Um, I was at your fight with the PFL and I was like, man, I wonder what her training looks like in terms of like, um, are you guys doing the same across the board or are you primarily focused in one area? No, we're doing everything across the board because they want me to be a complete fighter. And so even though my boxing is extraordinary, it's still like I have to learn how to be able to even box while trying to make sure I be defensive minded to head kicks and people going for takedowns. So yes, I yes, my main thing is I is I want to fight, but I want to be able to not only avoid takedowns, but go for takedowns, right? And then when you be taken down, getting getting back up. So my 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 training days are long, you know, for four to six hours and it's split up throughout the day, but it starts at eight o'clock in the morning where I may have jujitsu early on for an hour where I'm working on, you know, certain drills and then we go live for a few rounds and, um, and still having to be on the ground dealing with the jujitsu trips and all that stuff, but being able to get back up, right. And being able to control them and get them on the bottom of you and control them and get the, um, I don't even want to, what is it called? It's not even, it's the full mile. I was going to half cross, but it's the full mile. It's the full mile and just the half mile. Knowing what to do when they're on top of you and knowing what to do when you're on top, right? Even knowing like how to get up without being tripped back down to the ground. Yeah. And then we have, a re, you know, wrestling after that. Then we have pads with coach, with, uh, with uh, coach Jackson, no coach Wink, which is like, hands and feet but it's also de defensive stuff to where you're catching kicks and you're catching leg kicks and everything and then um just the full sparring and a sparring is like if i can i'm always like i always feel great with sparring because it's like i get to do my stuff and it and besides when we do the wrestling it's like i know that they just want to get me down to the ground but it's like when we do the sparring it's like you got to get past my punches to take me down to the ground. And so I make it more challenging for the people. But once they figure that part out, then we have to go to a different thinking real life. Like, okay, now we're on the ground. How do we get up? So getting back to the cage, climbing up the cage, all this stuff. I make it more challenging so. for the people. Yeah, you're going to take someone's head off if they miss <laughs> if they miss a takedown. I would consider that challenging for sure. You know, like making them pay if they miss those yeah. takedowns and stuff. Do you find like integrating the kicks into your boxing has been tricky or has that been something that you've been pretty easy to adapt? It's been pretty easy to adapt. You know, I thought Abigail was going to fight me more so I could have showed that, but she did a lot of like uh, clinching and she just did not, um, 
she wanted to fight a completely different fight than what I wanted to fight. Um, but it was, I think I do pretty good with the kicks though, with the punches. You made the comment that like, you know, when, when we're, you know, you're in there, when you're fighting, everyone says you're alone in there. Speaking of alone, and this is totally off the subject. I mean, I know you have a religious background too, and you're very, you talk about your Christian roots. Do you think we're alone in the universe? Do you think there's aliens out there? I don't, I don't think it's aliens. I think that there are multiple universes that have, that we're parallel to each other, if that makes sense. So like, you're thinking like, like, like Marvel comics, like there's a Clarissa Shields in, in like another dimension that's, so like, so then there's a Clarissa Shields, if, if that's the case, right? Like where every possible outcome, there's a Clarissa who's never won a boxing match. She's probably Owen, Owen 70 in some, in some far away, you got lucky with uh, being in this d- dimension then. Got to go tell that Clarissa yeah, to pick up the speed no, for Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I think, I think if that Clarissa Shields was to meet me, she would find her power. <laughs> she needs, she needs to train a little bit more with you. That's funny. So what's next on the agenda? You've got some boxing matches coming up, nothing with PFL till next season. Yeah. Um, I know I have boxing January 29th against Emma Cozen. Looking forward to getting Emma Cozen out the way and then becoming undisputed again in April or May against Savannah Marshall. Um, both of those fights will be in the UK. And I'll be back undisputed at 160, and then we'll see where we go from there. But next year is going to be a year of boxing until, like, toward the end of the year. I'm going to do some more MMA fights, I think. Is, is safe, we have to get the schedule together. safe to yeah. say that you love fighting? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm doing it, you know, MMA and boxing. I love fighting, and I love a challenge, and I'm not scared of nothing. So that just kind of – where we're at with it but i definitely love fighting though for sure that's awesome well i appreciate you taking the time to uh, to stop by i know you got so much on your plate and um give a, give a dog a treat for me <laughs> appreciate it i'm gonna put him aside for you put him aside. <laughs> <laughs> there, is you. there you go great appreciate you taking the time clarissa keep kicking butt no problem. you're welcome all right take it easy